Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mid-East soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Presidents Donald Trump and Recep Tayyip Erdogan had a plateful of thorny issues on their agenda when they met in the White House this week. None of the issues, including Turkey's recent invasion of northern Syria, its acquisition of a Russian anti-missile system, and its close ties to Russia and Iran, appear to have been resolved during the meeting between the two men in which five Republican senators critical of Turkey participated. The failure to narrow differences didn't stop Mr. Trump from declaring that we've been friends for a long time, almost from day one. We understand each other's country. We understand where we are coming from. Mr. Trump's display of empathy for an illiberal leader was, however, not the only telltale sign of the president's instincts. So was what was not on the two men's agenda, security in the Black Sea that lies at the crossroads of Russia, Eastern Europe, the Caucasus, and NATO member Turkey. The Black Sea is a flashpoint in multiple disputes involving Russia and its civilizationalist definition of a Russian world that stretches far beyond the country's internationally recognized borders and justifies its interventions in Black Sea littoral states like Ukraine and Georgia. The significance of the absence of the Black Sea on the White House agenda is magnified by the disclosure days earlier that Mr. Trump had initially canceled a U.S. Freedom of Navigation naval mission in the Black Sea after CNN had portrayed it as American pushback in the region. The disclosure came in a transcript of closed-door testimony in the House of Representatives' impeachment inquiry of Mr. Trump's policy towards Ukraine by Christopher Anderson, a former advisor to Kurt Volker, the U.S. Special Representative to Ukraine, until he resigned in September. Mr. Anderson testified that Mr. Trump phoned his then National Security Advisor, John Bolton, at home to complain about the CNN story. He said the story prompted the President to cancel the routine operation of which Turkey had already been notified. The cancellation occurred at a moment that reports were circulating in the State Department about an effort to review U.S. assistance to Ukraine. We met with Ambassador Bolton and discussed this, and he made it clear that the President had called him to complain about that news report. I can't speculate as to why, but that, that operation was cancelled. But then we were able to get a second one for later in February, and we had an Arleigh-class destroyer arrive in Odessa on the fifth anniversary of the Crimea invasion, Mr. Anderson said. The operation was cancelled weeks after the Russian Coast Guard fired on Ukrainian vessels transiting the Strait of Kerch that connects the Black Sea to the Sea of Azov and separates Crimea from Russia. This was a dramatic escalation, Mr. Anderson said. Mr. Trump at the time put a temporary hold on a condemnatory statement similar to ones 
that have been issued by America's European allies. Ultimately, statements were issued by the State Department and the United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, but not by the White House. The Black Sea's absence in Mr. Trump's talks with the Turkish leader, coupled with the initial cancellation of the Freedom of Navigation operation, the initially meek U.S. response to the Strait of Kerch incident, and the fallout of the impeachment inquiry do little to inspire confidence in U.S. policy in key Black Sea countries that include not only Turkey, Ukraine, and Georgia, a strategic pathway to Central Asia, but also NATO members, Bulgaria and Romania. In Georgia, protesters gathered this week outside of parliament after lawmakers failed to pass a constitutional amendment that would have introduced a proportional election system in advance of elections scheduled for next year. The amendment was one demand of protesters that have taken to the streets in Georgia since June in demonstrations that at times included anti-Russian slogans. Russia and Georgia fought a brief war in 2008, and Russia has since recognized the self-declared independence of two Georgian regions, Abkhazia and South Ossetia. Some 1,500 U.S. troops participated in June in annual joint exercises with the Georgian military that were originally initiated to prepare Georgian units for service in Afghanistan and Iraq. The absence of the Black Sea in Mr. Trump's talks with Mr. Erdogan raises the specter that the region could become a victim of the partisan divide in Washington and or Mr. Trump's political priorities. The Republican-dominated U.S. Senate has yet to consider a bipartisan Georgia Support Act that was last month passed by the U.S. House of Representatives. The significantly strengthen U.S. defense, economic, and cybersecurity ties with Georgia. A Chinese delegation that included representatives of several Chinese-led business associations, as well as, as well as mobile operator China Unicom, visited the breakaway Republic of Abkhazia this week to discuss the creation of a special trade zone to manufacture cell phones as well as electric cars. The Black Sea is one region where the United States cannot afford to sow doubt. The damage, however, may already have been done, warned Black Sea security scholar Julia Sab Sabina Georgia in a recent study. The region is already inhospitable for Western countries as they struggle to provide security. The primary cause of this insecurity is the Russian Federation. Today, Russia uses its enhanced Black Sea capabilities not only to destabilize the region militarily, politically, and economically, but also to move borders, acquire territory, and project power into the Mediterranean. Mrs. Georgia went on to suggest that a common threat assessment of NATO members and partners is the key to a stable Black Sea. Only by exploring common ground and working towards shared deterrence can they enhance regional security. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at middeastsoccer.blogspot.com. 
Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.